Rebellions are built on hope. And welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and thank you for joining us on this great Star Wars Saturday after Thanksgiving feast. If you celebrate, congratulations. If you're not, that's fine. People that worked <laughs> are so sorry that you had to work. But we're here talking Andor finale, and not just Andor finale. This is the season five finale for us here at Radio Rebellion. We'll be taking a, a break after this. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Otis not here, but well, that's fine. We have two great guests, some of our favorites. Maggie, love it, is back here. And Arsu, I mean, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Of course. Thanks again for joining. It's always a pleasure to have you guys here, and especially talking about something like Candor. It's I needed some good guests today, and who else? Thank you. All right. So, like I said, it's going to be our season five finale. We're going to take a short break. We won't be here next week. Uh, then we'll be back on the 10th, December 10th, for our trivia finale. Also, I know you tried out twice. This close. So close so to get close. there. <laughs> so close. But we have our finale December 10th, and then we're taking a big break. I don't know, mid-January or late January, we'll be back. And uh, we'll see if we bring Gotti back. I don't know. We'll see how we feel about it. <laughs> I'll say I want to apologize on his behalf. Not that he's not here, but I heard that he went on Space Waffles. He flaked out twice. <laughs> when he finally got there, he was a disaster. He I lost power. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. And then we caused him to disassociate. <laughs> yeah. We made him, at least he didn't get canceled because that happened the next two weeks. I People heard. Got canceled, so at least he didn't get canceled. <laughs> Hopefully, no one gets canceled today here with us. But <laughs> yes, I heard that some takes on pairing, Maggie, might get got you and some other people canceled. We might talk about pairing at the end of this show, see where we land at. But if you're watching this today live, thanks for being here. Make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, or that fun thing you're supposed to do when you're on YouTube. And if you're Listening to us or watching, uh, watching us later on the replay, make sure that you subscribe to our channel. Leave us a comment down below or whatever. You know what's, you know, it's, uh, we're here. Um, let's just go ahead. I think it's time. Well, let's not, now let me check who's here. Who's here today? Our friend Andres Alvarez, of course, from 60 Minutes is here. How are you doing, Andres? Bring those bricks. We need those bricks. And Mo is here as always. Thanks for being here. And of course, you got to have those bricks and with a few fascists. There was a great scene. It's just, you oh, don't expect so it. So how can you know someone's ashes, how to remember them by? Let's just break someone's head. That was great. I don't want to become a tree. I want <laughs> to become a brick to beat up fascists. Yes. <laughs> there you go. All right. So before we start, everyone knows down on the description of this video, you can find different links to help for the Medalla Initiative for Abortion Funds, National Network of Abortion Funds. Sorry, Medalla Initiative for Equality Texas, a white choice fundraisers, and different ones to help Puerto Rico recover from the hurricane, all this stuff over there. So please go ahead and check those out. But if you guys are ready, I'm not ready. Let's talk Star Wars and the Andor Files. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Has he? We gotta say it for our friend Oti. He'll be back on that tenth. He'll be back. I all right. He'll be back I'll, to give his opinions. <laughs> yes, if he listens to this, he'll be mad that I said all that stuff about him. But no, we love him here. Um, all right. So 
Maggie, I'll start with you because you were here for our first and or kind of recap. Recap. We talked about those first three episodes. I can't believe it's been like nine or ten weeks. I don't know. It went by pretty fast. Every episode that we were here, this is going to be the one. It's next week, the one that's going to dip down. We're going to not enjoy an episode. It's going to be filler. Nothing. It just kept a roller coaster that never kind of went down. Just if you can, just in a couple of sentences or whatever, just recap what this first season was as we came into this finale. This first season essentially paralleled Jen's story in Rogue One and Mm -hmm. taking somebody who is perfectly comfortable with being complacent, even though they shouldn't be, and showing them why complacency is not the right path and putting them onto that path towards Rogue One, essentially. Mm -hmm. And just the way that Tony Gilroy has constructed this to to tell that story and to see why Cassian is the man that he is when we meet him in Rogue One has just been exceptional. Yeah, it was something that, and I've said I don't know how many times, I, I thought, yeah, by episode three, episode four, we'll see Cassian turn into that person we see in Rogue One, when we just kept building and building, it's what's going to be that catalyst, what's going to turn him, and then it had to all kind of come down to what happened in this finale. Also, I've talked to you, again, I had the privilege of being on your show on Space Waffles a few weeks ago, but just coming again into the finale, just your overall thoughts on the season, and then very quickly what your thoughts were on the on the way that first season ended so my thoughts on the season overall i am consistently impressed with how they resisted the temptation to make it bigger because sure. i think every star wars story wants to tie into the larger narrative and we kind of have that with like mon mothma mm-hmm. and Sagarera and all of that but they're outside of cassian's immediate story so he's not part of the bigger story yet mm-hmm. And they kept it very focused on him, on his home, on Ferrix, on his problems. And they did that consistently for 12 episodes. So I remain very, very impressed that they didn't give in to the temptation to to go big or go home. Because it was a pretty, now mm-hmm. moving into the finale, it was a pretty impactful finale. And they definitely went big by having this full-scale brawl kind of break out on Ferrix. But it was big for them. But mm-hmm. it wasn't big in the grand scheme of things. Sure. And it kind of leads off one of the notes I had that the finale gave us what the story needed, not maybe what we as fans or some of us kind of expected. I expected mm-hmm. Cassian to be in the middle of Ferrix, leading the chance, Stone Sam Sky, leading the charge against the Empire. I know he was nowhere to be seen. He wasn't part of that. He was doing his own thing, getting based. But that's what the story needed, right? It was this community coming together against the Empire that has kind of taken over Ferrix, which is then goes back to that speech from Marva that they just kind of forgotten that the Empire, and we'll get to that. But for you, Arisu, and I, I, of course, Maggie, also then to you, how how did you feel seeing this community kind of riled up behind one of their own, not just Cassian, but Marva, and even B2, because when B2 got pushed down, that's when all hell break loose, and you don't do that Game to our droid. Yeah. Yeah. No survivors, because they hurt B2. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody in the Star Wars community is sick of hearing me say it, but the fact that Andor has so neatly paralleled very real world events going mm-hmm. on right now that impact me very personally sure. with what's going on in Iran, seeing like everybody sort of rally behind one of their own and basically tear everything to the ground in the name of justice. It hit in a way that I don't think it would have hit mm-hmm. at 
any other time. Like if it had come out when it was supposed to come out in August, yeah, I don't think it would have hit the same as yeah. it did. So yeah. it was, was it like intense, not in a bad way, but it was mm -hmm. definitely very intense. Okay, was it difficult watching it, having those real life experiences, kind of not just okay, that's what's going on, because I can say yeah, that's what's going on in Iran. It doesn't affect me, obviously, the same way as it might. Was it difficult seeing that and making that connection? Or was it, I don't know, was it in a positive light, but I don't know. It felt blurry okay. for me, like going from like the news to this and back. It, there was like, if it, ha if I had gone from the news to like Obi-Wan Kenobi, there is a very clear <laughs> cut there yeah. about what the news is and what the show is. But this kind of, it just melded so seamlessly that like, I watched it every week. I was keen to watch it every week and talk about it every week. It was hard to get quote unquote excited every week mm. because it was just seeing, I mean, it was a good thing in seeing that these kinds of people, these kinds of movements have not gone unacknowledged by the wider world and everyone does see what this is. So that mm -hmm. was a good thing, but not a particularly happy thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. How do you see, Maggie, for you, just again, seeing the community rally around Cassie and the people of Ferrix, that, I mean, if you've been living in the United States for the past six years, seems like every couple of months or whatever, there's a new protest, people just in the street for mm -hmm. what the uh, government has been doing or just different uh, police brutality and all that kind of hits home for a lot of people. The, obviously, I'm guessing yeah. you kind of felt that way. And then how... Did you see these just in the Star Wars universe? Oh, yeah. I definitely, you can tell that this was made in that 2020 period of time because, like, it's impossible to look at police with riot gear and not mm -hmm. remember the pictures that were on the front pages of all the newspapers. And it's interesting to see how, uh, like, a, somebody who is very thoughtful and intentional in the way that they craft this story can take those images and apply it on Star Wars and, and not seem, like, grotesque, that it doesn't yeah. seem like a mockery mm -hmm. of anything. Like, it was done so smartly and so respectfully the way that it pulled from a wide variety of things. I mean, if you read mm -hmm. any of Tony's interviews, he talks about, like, 3,000 years of history yeah. and how this is, like, consistently just been a repeat, unfortunately, because, you know, society never learns. Yes. And I think it's interesting I said this last night on Space Waffles too. I think it's really interesting how when Rogue One came out, I know for me and a lot of other people, it hit so hard because it came out right after Trump was elected president. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had that like the election day and then Rogue One came out. But that was made two years before that. So it was like it predicted this like this feeling and like struck a chord. And yet again, we see Andor made two years earlier comes out like within three weeks of something mm -hmm. that strikes such a chord. And it just shows like, this is why I love this kind of Star Wars because it's cathartic in a lot of ways to like process the things that are happening in society through like a, a science fiction space mm -hmm. opera, like lens and showing like the stories because it's Star Wars is about like, and like the empire <laughs> is like, there's, there's no mistaking that. And so often I think we get lost in like ooh, lightsabers and we yeah. lose sight of the fact that like, really bad stuff is happening in the Star Wars galaxy. I mean, Star Wars started with Princess Leia being like, you know, interrogated and tortured mm -hmm. for information. And it's like, it, it gets lost in like the fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading Convergence right now. And there's this, what is it? The so forever war between these two yeah. planets because of something that they can't even remember. And it keeps going into phase, from phase one. We know this, unfortunately, won't end here. 
no spoilers, we'll get into that at some point. So just <laughs> one thing, and I want to jump back to, does it feel like Star Wars? Is this the way that Star Wars should go moving forward? But it reminded me seeing when when Fer- the people of Ferris came and then the police could just kind of start, just kind of meet them in the middle and start kind of escalating everything. Uh, six years ago, five, six years, whenever Hurricane Maria came in Puerto- went by Puerto Rico and then the government over there did a crappy job with trying to help everyone. And there were daily or nightly protests every day in the island till the governor had to, he had to say, okay, I'm done and got to step down. I mean, they made the governor step down because of just the way he handled the situation. But every night at the end, police escalation and a lot of violence, it kind of reminded me of the, like you said, Maria, again, check all the collider articles that Mike has written down because there's <laughs> really? that quote. <laughs> yes, there's a lot, but they're great. And there's those quotes from Tony Gilroy saying this is go back through history. Yeah, it takes from this part, from this one, from this one. It's not just, yeah, I got inspired by one thing. It's just how history keeps repeating itself, unfortunately. Uh, before we, I go back to that question, let me say hi to our friend Nick is here. Saying hi to Arsu and Maggie, the best. Of course, they're the best. Oh. And then <laughs> Andres adding the a bittersweet Tony listening moment every Wednesday morning. Yes. Brent Mars here. Brennan, sorry. Thanks for being here. And Paige Turner. Paige Turner still were not. Thanks for joining us today. I love that. But <laughs> yes. Again, it's Star Wars because we'll get out again how serious it is. But the other side, it's how one little silly comment, page turners, they were not. It's something that we all can now relate to. But Maggie, you mentioned it that yes, Star Wars sometimes we get lost in the pew pews and the lightsaber, which I'll say it's my favorite thing about it. But <laughs> it's Star Wars for a reason. It all because it's there there's because a war. Of, there's a war between the Empire and the Rebels. And then a lot of, not a lot, but some of the criticism against Andor since the first episode was, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It's, and I'm not talking about the grounded or too greedy, but people just saying it doesn't feel like Star Wars and the other side saying, oh, this is what Star Wars needs to be moving forward. Do you think there's a balance that we can strike between having the campiness that a lot of us grew up with Star Wars to the serious side? But I think, at least on my end, of course we can have that balance. It's just the care that they took with Andor, right? Mm-hmm. You can apply that to everything else in Star Wars, still be Mandalorian, Boba Fett, or something new with lightsabers. You apply that type of care in production, all that stuff. It can still have the same impact, but it doesn't have to be as serious as Andor, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's aspects of Andor that I wish other shows would take. Like, I think that the practical sets make for much more compelling locations Mm -hmm. and much more realism. I love the volume. I think it can be used in a lot of really interesting ways, but every set does not need to be the volume. Mm -hmm. Every character in Andor had a name, a family, friends, connections. They went out after work for drinks. You know who these (laughs) characters are, whereas other ones are like, here is man too. Oh yeah, he's a a man. So of course he's named man. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of care that I want to see them learn from. We don't, everything doesn't have to be a spy thriller, but mm-hmm. everything should have characters that are like not just an action figure on screen. Yeah. Are you feeling the same way, Arsio, or should yeah. a weak way that gives you a drink, should he just be called weak way? Give me a drink. <laughs> I mean, listen, um, maybe that's, maybe he doesn't trust anybody and that's just the name he gives up. Um, I think I agree. I liked the fact that you could really feel the environment they were in. I liked that everybody had a name and a life and habits. I also think what 
we mean or what I don't want to speak for everybody, but what sure. I mean when I'm like more Star Wars should be this way is like it should be all be intentional no matter what story you're telling. So just this is your thesis, whatever your thesis is, and stick to it and really yeah. commit to telling that story in a way that makes the most sense for that story. And don't worry about I, I mean, I understand from a corporate perspective, there's got to be some connectivity, but don't. Mm-hmm get so lost in it that you lose sight of the story you're telling. And I think if, yeah. if you do that, then it could be any genre. It could be a spy thriller, a romance, a pew-pew story. Like, it could be anything <laughs> and still yeah. have that that Star Wars heart if you commit to what, what you're trying to tell. I love subtle connections. I don't like feeling like I have to pull out uh, <laughs> one of my random yeah. Star Wars guidebooks to go back and look for a character and be like, oh, that's right. I like the, the little, you know subtle ways they've connected things or having a showrunner that was like yeah whatever i let my prop people put all the artifacts in there i don't really care i love them yeah i love tommy gilroy because every interview he doesn't care he will tell you what he thinks he talks about everything he tells you what's coming like i i love this man i want this kind of openness i've said it before it's i think before season one started we've learned so much about season two it's like okay we're there it's five years it's gonna have these jumps k2 be there and all this other stuff and through all those interviews he keeps talking about it yes great i don't need to everything else have to be secret yes yeah but same like you said when anton krieger well, that name was mentioned. I went through Wikipedia. I went back to Catalyst. I looked at all the, who are, who's that person? Oh, that's a new guy we just invented. Oh, okay. I'm wasting time then. Because yes, we're used to that, but it doesn't matter. It's just a new character and they build that story as go forward. All right. So jumping now into the episode, Arsu, I love that we, we didn't start, but the first time that we see Andor, he's visiting Clem's brick, like his father's brick. And going through the history of Intel, just cleaning these old items that people discard, or it's like cause we, what does he say? Uh, um, people don't keep, look down. Yeah, people don't look down and it keeps your, keep your eyes open. There's possibilities everywhere. It kind of starts pushing Cassian to that person we'll meet later. But I love seeing that. And then of course, going to Nemec's manifesto and everything that, Talks. I'm just going to read real quick. It goes, freedom is a pure idea. And this is just some snippets full from it. Freedom is a pure idea. Even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lives forward. Imperial need for control is so desperate. It's unnatural. Oppression is the mass of fear. And I know you like this one, Maggie. Remember this. Try. So Arsu, for you, finally hearing more about Nemec's manifesto, mm-hmm. kind of in the background as Cassian is visiting his father's brick and we get a little bit more of his story. What were you thinking from this? And Nemec, he's still around. I like that Nemec's spirit is still around because I yeah. think we were all talking when we first met Nemec that him and his manifesto were going to play like a big yeah. part in making Cassian the man he is when we meet him later. But what I like is that we have this big climactic fight. The Empire has come to Ferex. Everybody's fighting them. Cassian's not involved yeah. at all. He is still looking out for number one and then maybe like number two, three, and four, like his immediate friends. Mm -hmm. He's just taking care of that on the side. But having Nemec's manifesto play and having visiting Clem's brick and remembering Clem saying like, look down, the possibilities are everywhere. People don't pay attention to people like us. Mm. They're planting the seeds for the person he's going to be. And I like that in a finale, in a season finale, they didn't feel the need to have this huge ta-da kind of character shift with Cassian and it's really just laying the groundwork for like where he's going to go in season two. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah. For you, uh, Maggie, same thing. I remember when Nemec's manifesto was mentioned and all the episodes through a lot of people. Oh, he's going to be maybe the one that has rebellion is are built on hope and all this. And I'm like, wait, and here comes rebellion. It's going to be built on hope. Doesn't come, but the message is still there. You've mm -hmm. tweeted out that that last bit that remember this try was one of your favorite. What about it kind of caught your eye, I guess? I think that because that was kind of the vibe that I got when I came out of Rogue One. Like, it doesn't matter as long as you try. And mm -hmm. so hearing it repeat it, like the feeling, it was like, this is the feeling that Rogue One made me feel. And then to hear it brought into like the groundwork for Rogue One, mm -hmm. I was just like, yes, this is, <laughs> it just hit in such a way, it actually made me cry. Uh, that whole like manifesto was just like, it It was the look on Cassian's face while he's listening to it, like the recognition that he's realizing like Nimic was right. Like, this is something that we have to do. Like we're, we're morally obligated to mm -hmm. try to make the world a better place. It just, it hit the right chords and yeah. just left me with the the good feels <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be a hypocrite if i wouldn't say that i i mentioned here i wasn't that affected when nemic beat the dust i'm like okay well you play your part you're dead thanks for playing his death was so fascinating too because he literally died under the weight of money which is yeah. like any person who's read Karl Marx would just like mm -hmm. have a field day with that. Capitalism <laughs> crushing you. Yeah. You turn that into an editor after writing it, they'd be like, this is too on the nose. You need to take this out. Yeah. Um, and I was one that said, okay, once that happened, and then Cassian was taken prisoner, he manifesto still on Narkina, so that's not going to play anything. So I love that he came back. We saw it last week that he went back, grabbed the gun, the credits, and the manifesto was still there. And I love that he still played a part here, moving the story forward. Uh, we go from there to then Cassian trying to find Bix at her place. Peglas there, and he's like, what the hell is going on? And kind of knows, he's told there what's happened. Then he's down in the tunnel, a good boy. Um, Brasso comes there and they, they give the best hugs. And I'm like, oh man, I need one. I, I need. But it also was, and I 20,000 people have said it, we don't see these in television in general, in Star Wars, this type of male relationships, right? And it was great. And it wasn't just a hug. Hey, you're, you're fine. You're good. Let's talk. It was a, I feel it. was you. a hug. It, it was, was a hug. Yes. It was a hug. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you're alive. Like this kind yeah. of mm -hmm. genuine affection. And then goes to, I guess, what, the second of three? I don't know how many great speeches there were in this episode, which is something there's every week, there's two or three speeches, but then just him recanting that what Marva told them. And of course, I'm going to read it because as a parent, I need to, to me, was the last line of this one that got to me. Mm -hmm. But she's like, tell him he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. And when the day comes that those two and those two pull together, he will be an unstoppable force for good, which of course, we know how that's going to play out. Um, I lost my, okay. Tell him I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. And then as a, First, as a son or a daughter, you want your parents to always feel that for you. No matter how much you're going to screw up, they'll be there for you. And as a parent, at least myself, it's no matter how much my kids, which I love you dearly, <laughs> how much they'll screw up, we're always going to be there for them. I don't care. We're going to love you more than anything you can ever do wrong. So that's like, and of course, for Cassie, he needed to hear that. They left after a fight. Like I said, we were fighting, we we're arguing. He tries to get the message. She'll be proud of me. I'm doing good. So he doesn't know how she feels, but to hear that is what he needed. And of course, everything else before that, telling him she's going to be a force for good when all this comes together. Maggie, 
However, <laughs> even in death, inspiring Andor and all of us to move forward. Oh, God, that line um, is just everything. I wish we had seen that more in other parental um, <laughs> units throughout Star Wars, not to mention Ben Solo, but like, would have loved something like that from Leia. Because it's, 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 it's bound to happen. <laughs> it's, it's bound to happen. Um, it's that kind of unconditional love that I don't think that we have necessarily seen in Star Wars. It's certainly mm -hmm. been implied, uh, but we've never gotten this direct correlation and 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 heard it and it makes looking ahead at rogue one i'm going to keep talking about rogue one <laughs> so much of the stuff with the way that cassian approaches jen and her father that much more impactful because he says the things to her that he needed to hear when he lost marva and the way that tony has like just completed the circle mm. with that is just Again, I'll just say magnificent. Like mm -hmm. this whole scene, this had me crying. This had my mom yeah. crying. <laughs> like it was like the, the manifestor started making me cry. Then he had to go talk about Marva, and that made me cry. And then Marva started talking, and then I was crying again. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. Um, also, so we got Mike kind of alluded to it. Finally, a mother in Star Wars not dying, but inspiring her son, and just that mm -hmm. later on the whole people of Ferrix. But again, I know you guys have mentioned this. 20 times in your show, it's like people don't need to die to kind of move the other guys, the yeah. the stars or the protagonist story forward. Even though she dies here, at least it's natural causes mm -hmm. and her story moves on and she's still alive giving all these speeches. This again- She's alive we, in each and every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like Andres is saying, Edie would never, like Edie <laughs> Carr, she would, come on, eat your cereal and get the hell out of my house. But- uh, this interaction in that tunnel, first with Cassian, Brasso, and then the big speech by Marva. I think the other speeches, like Nemec's manifesto and Marva's mm -hmm. speech in the square, are the kind of, they were very well written and they're very moving, but they're the kind of speech we get a lot of, like rebellions. Yeah. Built on public, we have <clears throat> this kind of rally, call to arms speech all the time. But we have never, to my recollection on screen, had a parent express this much unconditional love so intensely mm -hmm. and i think that's really been missing because a lot of the characters what messes them up at some point in their life is this idea that their parents don't love them we see it with mm -hmm. ben solo we see it with poe dameron like he doesn't think his dad loves him so he runs off to be a spice runner like they which is like a thing that teenagers mm -hmm. do they don't think their parents care about them but cassian at this point in his life has, I guess, reason in his mind to think that his mother would be disappointed that she doesn't love him, that she regrets adopt. Like he has, he has reason to believe all of this because he's just spent a month in prison because of everything he's done wrong. So to have Brasso say, no, even at the end of her life, she still loves you more than anything you could have mm -hmm. ever done wrong was exactly what he needed to hear. I think it's exactly what we needed to hear because we don't get enough genuine prolonged parental affection mm. for like their adult children yeah yeah that's what's like so babies like, all the time but for, <laughs> for adult children yeah. not at and all and then you have like shmi and anakin obviously she loved her yeah. child mm. you have that like with children but you haven't seen like a grown adult son having that mm -hmm. you know affection and like whatever it's a kid perfect. does wrong is for the most part to, to scale for a child like their idea of wrong versus what an adult is capable of doing are on two completely different mm -hmm. levels. So I think for like 
like you said, like as sons, daughters, as adult children, seeing this kind of parental affection expressed on screen where no matter how old you get, no matter how much you mess up, your parent loves you more than anything mm -hmm. you could have done wrong hits very, very hard. Yeah. yeah. And we know Cassian's been up to no good his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> He's constantly getting into trouble. He's what now yeah. been to prison twice? Don't that we know of. Don't ask him that in Rogue yeah. One, of course. Never. <laughs> <laughs> he'll clean his slate, and that's what he'll say. Uh, Mo is adding that the only thing that comes close to her memory is that message within Galen and Jean, of course, going back to Rogue One. I don't know how much Tony Gilroy had to do with that message. Who knows? Maybe he wrote it. Uh, but yeah, again, I'm past 42 years old. I even forget how old I am. But you always want to hear that from your parents, even if you're 18, 20, 40, if your parents are still around, you still want to hear this. Unfortunately, my parents are not around anymore. We had a great relationship moving forward, but time to time, you kind of remind them, what if they were still here? Would they still be proud of me and all that stuff? So it's great that a show like this, that young, middle-aged, not middle-aged, yeah, middle-aged, but you know, 20, 30, 40-year-old fans are watching, still can connect to that. It's not just for kids. We all need to hear that once in a while. But the Empire, thinking they can control everything, say, yeah, we're going to have a funeral, funeral procession. Only 40 people are going to show up. <laughs> as soon as I heard that number, I was like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then we have this brass band and the whole marching band starts. And that was a great scene. I'll say mm -hmm. I've been a little bit critical with the score that it works for me on the show, not away from the show. If I just listen to a, a piece of music outside from watching the episode, it doesn't connect to, to me too much. But this whole funeral procession was beautiful. The music was great here. Everyone just walking down the streets was perfect. And then the Empire, having no idea what's going on, where they're coming from, what's happening. There's like 150 people there. And in cutting, even before this, I think the way the show started, Pax on building this bomb, right? Which I know he's the good guy. He's fighting the bad guys, the Empire. If this was Cyril Khan building a bomb, we will all be here. See, that's indoctrination, not indoctrination, but just going more and more into madness. I do understand where he's coming from because his, his dad was hanged in the middle of the square. But it's still a little bit, I don't want to say close to home because I haven't been there, but we've heard in the news people just making these homemade bombs and then blowing half whoever's around not caring uh if they're gonna hurt any innocent people so that was still kind of jarring to see mm -hmm. even if it was from the good guys quote-unquote kind of point of view but what were your thoughts on this also this funeral procession just the marching band going forward as we're getting ready to hear marva's speech with um brasso again just carrying her brick leading this procession i was surprised the empire let it go on as long as it did mm -hmm. yeah I kept expecting for them to intervene and then they just kept getting closer and closer like down Rick's road into the square. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're gonna, like I, get the, I knew they were waiting to draw Cassian out, but I was surprised that they didn't meddle sooner. Mm -hmm. And then I also thought it was very funny when the speech started and the guy tried to cover BT's <laughs> yeah. fo photo receptor, like the, yeah. the hologram thing. And then his coat slides off and he makes no effort to push it back up. <laughs> I thought was very funny, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like the, I mean, that I liked the music too. Like you said, mm -hmm. like it was the one that really kind of yeah. stood out for the season. Yeah, that Imperial Tigo, he's the worst. He's right <laughs> next to the Emperor right now, and people are hating Star Wars. Uh, 
But Maggie, same thing, just hearing that music, everyone, you mentioned it, uh, 40 people, come on, that's dumb. Everyone's going to show up. She's a prominent member of Ferrix. They said it like two episodes, for two straight episodes. And then just getting there, and then B2, of course, because we love him so much. Like Andres said before, yeah, this is a serious show, but every time B2, we all turn back to those kids why we love Star Wars and droids. As that message plays on, what were your thoughts going into the same thing as Arsu? I was right there, Arsu. Like, why are they letting this go on for so long? Because that guy, he just wants to kill everyone. But it's Deidre kind of saying, no, no, stop. Don't no, put no snipers here. I need them alive. What are your thoughts going into it as we then play this hologram message? Going back to the bomb building, I thought that was a fantastic way to start the episode because mm. it start like it set the stage and like the tone for what was going to happen. Like I told you, something is going to blow up yeah. at some point in this episode. And I also thought it was interesting how it was used to show like the different ways people react to grief. Because mm -hmm. like Cassian's form of like grief of his mother is I'm going to rescue Bix. Like that's yeah. my prime like focus. And then you have Wilman who is grieving his father on such a large scale of like looking for a way to punch back. Like you took my dad. Okay. I'm going to take out mm -hmm. like all of your people. And I like the way that they set that up. And I like that there was no dialogue at all. You instantly yeah. know what he's building. Like, you know, that's bomb. Yeah. Um, and I like the follow through of that. And I also love like when we hit the inciting moment of that, how Brasso was like, nothing's happening to this kid. I'm getting this kid out of yeah. here. Like the way that the community, mm -hmm. like going back to the other conversation about community mm -hmm. is like so good. But I love that they're terrified of a marching band. <laughs> the way that they reacted to hearing music was just hilarious and it, <laughs> again went back to like the whole like power doesn't panic and they are freaking Ooh, out yeah. over a marching band they're freaking out over anvil guy <laughs> like and, it, and again and and the, the way that it ties back into that three episode premiere with them banging on things yeah. and the way that so unnerved them and then when you look at what the empire looks like on the inside how very sterile and clinical and like devoid of personality none of these people are sitting around listening to music <laughs> at their desks like it just shows how like they're so they've lost like the soul of yeah. themselves because there's like they're afraid of music they're afraid of a marching band an off-tune marching band <laughs> yeah when they started like, i guess they were practicing and, and tuning up i like dude i used to be in, in my high school band i played trombone I was better than this, but then okay, they're practicing. They got better as they went along. Um, to that point, Maggie Andres is saying that Paxson building the bomb reminds him of Nevix response to his mercenaries. Why should they have any morals if the Empire doesn't? Oti's here. Oti, thanks for joining us. Uh, don't Welcome. listen to the first... Don't listen to the first five minutes. He's hanging out in Italy. Isn't he lucky? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, just making us feel bad. Don't listen to the first five minutes of this episode. We didn't say anything bad about you. I, I took wow. it back. No, can't wait to have you back here in two weeks. Um, but yeah, all all the build up to it was great, and I know Mo doesn't want me to read any more quotes, but I have to because the funeral procession and then Marva's big me cry. Yeah, sorry, we're gonna we're trying to finish this by six, so I have to go through this. Uh, so every time, and again, I'm just not reading all of it, just pieces of it. So every time the dead leave me with their truth. And then she goes about talking about herself, not because I want to shine or even be remembered. I want you to go on. Then she's talking about the empire and they, they forgot about the empire being there because they had each other. We were asleep. There is a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy. The empire is a disease that thrives in darkness, fight the empire. 
they knocked down B2, and then someone got a kick to the chest and a brick to the head, and we all cheered for violence. Yes, <laughs> um, big, big waking up and going, mother, I crave violence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great seeing, I think, because B2 is just walking down. I think, is he going to be the one to carry the brick at the end? Was his purpose there? Everything, all his gears are moving. And then we get this giant hologram that, for some reason, Star Wars knows how to use their holograms to inspire others. Uh, but the whole speech was great. And it's and everyone's listening, not just the Fre people from Ferrix, the Empire. Um, by this point, um, Luthen is there, Bell, Sinta, Deidre. Everyone's there listening to this. So it's kind of that catalyst, that fuse to just light the, light the fuse and go on. So I love everything about it. Uh, we already kind of talked bit about it, but also just finishing this message, kind of the rally cry in front of the Empire, telling everyone, fight the Empire. It's going to happen. There was no other choice at that point. I So about this rallying cry, Maggie sent a post um, <laughs> where apparently the original word was not fight, but something far more, uh, can't say it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, which, honestly, <laughs> either way, what a brilliant note to go out on mm -hmm. where it's not, she is not giving the empire any space to think that they can work with this, that they can spin this somehow into like the ravings of an old woman or something pro empire. She ends it with like <laughs> fight the empire, yeah. burn this down. That is my last message to you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, a clear, sharp call to violence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, like I don't know, two or three episodes ago when Cassie and her are having that talk, she's like, oh, I've been sleeping too long. I'm ready to join the fight again. And he's like, you're too old. Just go. You get cold. You need your blanket. Forget about it. But then it comes to this. And I'm guessing it's another word that started with F instead of fight. Mm -hmm. But it's Disney. We can't go that far. Uh, but we can all play with it in my mind. Uh, Maggie, I'm guessing. You know, same. that's what Fiona Shaw said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just in post. They just. Yeah, deep fade. They can do everything. See, they recorded. Let's do two takes and see what they let us use. Yeah. yeah. So, Maggie, for you, just listening to this and then just the fight starts. Uh, Paxson, sorry, I forget his name, just throws that bomb. Everything blows up. And then the Empire just says, screw this. We're just going to kill everyone. I don't care. Fire at will. Civilians are getting shot. Again, showing how evil the Empire is. They don't care. They're just going to kill everyone there to kind of then push us everyone to hopefully join the fight as we see with Cassian at the end. I, I loved everything about this. The The action was perfect. The camera work was perfect. Look, like the mm. vi visual intrigue of everything, like the smoke, the flashes, yeah. everything was just so good. I did want to go back to Marva's speech because I loved, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, dies in the darkness essentially and i love mm -hmm. that it's very clear that tony got that from the washington post because after mm -hmm. trump became president they changed the tagline for the washington post to democracy dies in the darkness mm -hmm. uh and so it was like the fact that i i, I could see that echoed into the way that he wrote the speech made me happy because it, it's again i love seeing like the real world like follow through into it and seeing where he picked up those threads it's yeah. just very fun and I, I love that speech that speech made me cry <laughs> i love the idea of somebody who knows that they are getting ready to die and they're like mm, i'm gonna go out with a bang <laughs> like <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make this be the, the rally and cry because she knows that she's this prominent person in barracks they're all gonna come to her mm -hmm. funeral everyone is going to be there so like what can i do 
with my dying breaths to inspire everyone and it's just fantastic it's also the scene that apparently diego luna cried on set over mm. i can understand why um like you said all the smoke is going up and we have veil i think it is just running into the smoke i think that bruce wayne in batman versus <laughs> superman just running through the smoke we need her hero moment um i'm gonna talk about ben and Sinta in a minute but we while all this is going on Cassian is underground, getting people mixed up. Oh, he's going to be over here. He's already under the tunnel going to the hotel to rescue Bix, which Bix is so messed up mentally at this point. She is still, oh, I had a dream that you were here. When he's trying to take her, he's like, no, no, they get angry. Like, oh, we can't do anything. It's heartbreaking to see her that way, especially for him. Um, but a great play, like we said before, that he wasn't part of this big Ferrix fight against the empire he had to i'll take care of biggs because she's here because of what i did and then also the episode at the end he takes her to to this not junkyard but where they had all the the other starship just to get there um but that was a great scene and as the whole crap is going down our creepy friend cyril sees didra just walking oh she's here and even the other guy's like what the hell are you talking about just just Cool I out, dude. His every instinct is immediately overridden. He's like, <laughs> he's like, is it Cassian? Dangerous <laughs> here. Yeah. Cassian, who? I don't, I don't know who yeah. that is. Why Where am I here again? Oh no, my girly pop is here. Do I look good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand people have issues where with shipping them, and I get it. He's creepy. He's a stalker. He's still. Oh, and I don't shit he's people. So but I've been saying, I love him. Yes. He's so icky. I love him. And that scene, and I going back to your articles, I saw one recent from Tony Gilroy saying, Yeah, it was supposed to make you icky, but who knows how this is going to play in season two. And like I here, he made the, the swipe right joke. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, like, this is like Tinder, two people right? on an alt right dating app. But I said at the beginning, we haven't seen Imperial romances. I don't know if this is going to lead to it. It's pretty, it's really bad. It's, I'll take it. It's, but it's so bad. Time. It's so bad, but I want to see it happen just yes. because I love being uncomfortable. <laughs> also, are you uncomfortable? She's the panic in her eyes and the desperation. She's getting dragged around and then he comes to the rescue. She's ready to kill him. Then she's, you? Oh, it's Cyril. Like, I know who the hell you are. What the F are you doing here? And then that she's like, there's nowhere I can go that this man is not just gonna show up. I feel like I feel like in the moment she's glad he's there, mm -hmm. but whatever winds up happening with them in season two, I said this on Space Office too. I feel like she's gonna kill him at the end of this. Like she's gonna shoot that man in the chest. So I don't know, but that's my thinking is like yeah. this it's gonna wear off at some point. This I just wanna see him. I just wanna see him bring her home to Edie that's I just yeah. want the like if we think those morning breakfasts are <laughs> uncomfortable imagine like a morning after breakfast Ooh. and her being like he's gonna Edie's gonna try to make her eat cereal and she's like what <laughs> are you doing? like what is happening in this household <laughs> like this is why your son's insane <laughs> yeah I mean you know she's outside the door just listening to every uh, it's like criticizing his technique he's like oh what <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. God. This isn't after dark. This isn't uh, <laughs> yes, I'll save that. Uh, but yeah, it's it was uncomfortable to see, but at the same time, it's like, ah, it's, 
I don't know. I had fun with it. But it was pretty uncomfortable seeing just people. Even, yeah, they're Imperial. They're the bad guys. But seeing, again, you said it, Mike, I think at some point halfway through, the way everything gets shot, the way that scene was shot, not just her, but the other Tig or the guy that knocked, I don't care, you can kill him. Uh, the way he's just crawling through it, through the feet of everyone as people from Ferris were just falling down every time they got killed or shocked or whatever. Pretty stressing to see leading to that uncomfortable <laughs> reunion. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Nick is adding that it was they're happy they didn't use Bix as a character as a one-dimensional love interest. She's an independent businesswoman who casually relied on for his living and got tortured, tortured because she knew too much. Correct. And I love that none of our main characters died to push on which story forward. Or, oh, they're not in Rogue One, or they're not in A New Hope, let's kill them. Whatever happens in season two, whatever happens. But everyone that had a story moves on, which then leads to Bell and Cinta. A lot of people were wondering, is one of them not going to make it? This lesbian relationship in Star Wars that we've never seen, it's pretty obvious that it's happening. Um, for me, just seeing Bell, because Cinta is just about the cause. Of course, there's mm -hmm. love there, but she's just, oh, I was going on my way to get you, but this isb supervisor thing like, here i had to walk but, here myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you can see there's vulnerability in her eyes in Vel when she's talking to cinta trying to get her to communicate something else like get yourself put yourself out of the window there's some something there and then i love that by the end they're still around hopefully we'll see them of course in season two we can get more with them were you surprised maggie that not just that we got this type of relationship in Star Wars so obvious, but that they're still around and they'll hopefully play a big part in season two. I think because I had such high expectations and was so optimistic from the start, I assumed that everybody would mostly make it out. I didn't go into the finale, the, the final two episodes. I got the final yeah. two episodes together um mm. like two weeks ago so i watched them together and i was like i don't think anyone's gonna die i know like everybody was like theorizing that people are gonna die but mm -hmm. i went into that com completely expecting that because so many people's stories were not finished yet that he was going to keep them at least through part of season two um, but we do know ultimately that cassian's gonna have to lose everyone because mm -hmm. he says he's lost everyone um which is not not great but i did go into this expecting everyone to survive and i liked that we got senta shanking corv yes. that was magical that was a great moment she did it so she was just like mm -hmm. no no expression at all and then when she's back in their like little house and bell's like you're bleeding she's like not my blood yeah so okay. like she's ice cold i love it yeah also, were you as hopeful as Maggie that everyone's going to make it, or at least Bell and Cinta that we're going to make it? Or you think at least someone wasn't? Are you happy, I guess? I, I'm happy did? everybody made it. I think I didn't think anybody was going to die purely because Marva had died. Mm. And I'm like, I we know who these characters are. We kind of know their vibe, but I feel like yeah. Cassian doesn't have as much of an emotional connection with any of them that dying would mean something sure because even if marva dying isn't like she didn't die to further his plot she was elderly and sick but like there, there's nothing it wouldn't benefit the story for any of them to die so i was just like okay they're gonna they're probably that's probably gonna happen in season two but for mm -hmm. now yeah yeah because yeah. like if bell and Cinta died casting would be like who died like, <laughs> like i don't know who these people are oh the like, ones oh, that i yeah. did on donnie like yeah which one were they? Oh, okay. Okay, that's sad, yeah. I guess. Like, 
but once I feel like those characters are all at risk in season two, once Cassian mm-hmm. is working with them and like has connections with them. And we know in Rogue One, he says he's lost everyone. So mm-hmm. like everybody on that little bus out of Dodge and <laughs> you know has a target on the racks. All right. Uh, so that boss, as they're trying, it wasn't, I don't know what ship there was. We have Jesse, which is one of the daughters from Ferrix, Pegla, Brasso, B2, and again, I forgot, Wilmon. Thanks, Maggie and Mo, because Mo is my, she's my Wikipedia. Every time I forget a name, Mo just tells me who it is. I'm glad <laughs> I don't I participate in my own trivia because I wouldn't do too well. Uh, <laughs> but they all make it out of Ferrix. Cassian's there. Everyone's happy to see him. Uh, Biggs is still. Cassian always comes back. He'll find us. Oh, we always love. Broke my heart. Yes. Poor and, and even B two. I didn't get to see you, and now you're leaving. And he's like, "Oh, you gotta. What, uh, I'm counting on you. Oh, you always say that, and you always come through. It's like oh, that love there. Also with our poor droid. Uh, but they all make it out, and we'll see what happens for season two, which we know a lot of them won't make it. But before we jump real quick to a different place, not Ferrix, is Cassian is waiting for Luthen mm-hmm. in the Fandor. Luthen gets there. Okay, let's get the hell out of here. Full stealth. And Kit, it's kind of, ah, there's something wrong here. And Cassian's there. Basically, kill me or take me in. What do you think also change? Uh, Luthen's mind instead of killing Cassian. Do you think just Cassian saying that he wants to join the rebellion? Or was it maybe hearing Marva's speech for me at least? Well, I think hearing Marva's speech that Cassian comes from this woman that has these ideals very similar to him kind of made him realize, okay, he'll be better an asset better than just killing him here. I think Luthen was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like just absolutely shocked into inaction because he had this idea of Cassian being like the mercenary, the guy who doesn't care. Like we can pay him to do the Aldani job and then Mm -hmm. we got to take him out because he knows too much. But Cassian just kind of showing up and being like, well, (laughs) recruit me or kill me. He's like, hang on. I have wildly underestimated this man. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that was Luthen's primary thing. Like as the episode ended, was just pure shock. Okay. Maggie. And for Cassian, uh, because I took it the same again, the whole season is seen going down this path, but was there something in Marva's message or that final message, that hologram that pushes him to, okay, this is where my path lies. I can't just be going and running around doing jobs here and there. I have there's something bigger that I should be part of. Do you think Marva's message helping kind of finally jump make that hump? Jump I have that? the definitive answer of that since since Collider asked Diego about that. So I wrote up the, the, the breakout about that. But yeah, essentially, I I, I believe in, in terms of what he said was like the the, the drive was Marva. Mm-hmm. And also like the, the, the fact that he's reached this point where he's realized this life isn't worth living unless I'm living for something. Mm-hmm. Like he's so he's been so broken by all the events that have happened that he's realized that like, well, I guess what Luthen said at the beginning of the series about like, do you really want to just keep breaking off parts of yourself or do you just want to give it all? And I think he's finally reached that point. Like he's mm-hmm. seen, he's seen what the empire will do to people who are innocent. He's seen what will do the empire will do to his community. And then he's heard what his mother is like dying wish was. Mm-hmm. And so he's pushed finally yeah. to the precipice. Yeah. And I swear this episode is not sponsored by Collider, but go check all those. <laughs> 
articles. Look, like, I've written <laughs> 25 articles this week about Andor. So I like just everything. Every time I close my eyes, I just see like the words Captain Andor. <laughs> yes. But they've been great. And I did read a few of them before this just to make sure. And I read this and yeah, he talks about this. I think there's something else. I see two different things kind of pushes him. But again, great thing about Star Wars and this series, we can all make our little assumptions yeah. of what it was. All right, so moving there's a away. Lot of things. There's a lot yeah. of things leading up to that. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's that's why I don't write TV shows because if it was me, episode three, yeah, it's already part of the rebellion. We're on our way to... <laughs> You, you can't do slow burn. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm give me Mando. Episode three, we're already on our fifth planet on our seventh mission. No, <laughs> I love. <laughs> I told you that when we talked the first time, I love that we got this three episode R because other shows, I love them, but we have gotten this in a 30 minute episode. We have gone through the whole thing. We needed this slow burn. I mean, can we look at how many hours of Andor we got when you calculate oh, up these 12 yes. episodes? It's like wow. it's like a movie and a half. It's mm -hmm. impressive. We're only halfway there. But then we jump to Coruscant. Let's talk real quick as we finish up. Um, the Empire went after Krieger and his 30 men. Didn't put up a fight. We find out that Blevin, which I was missing Blevin for a little bit. We show up. He was part of this. Well, let's talk about our favorite couple out there. Mon Mothma and Perrin Farta. Farga. Um, Farta, thank you. I'm, I'm thinking I'm done. Did you guys picked up when they have that argument when she goes to pick him up. Oh, you're gambling again. Where are you getting all your money? Oh, you're, you're lying. Tell me who said this. I'll tell you why. Blah, blah, blah. No, he's not hearing. Of course he's hearing. Did you guys pick up that this was all a farce just because they knew they were being spied on? Because I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, parent. Don't be so bad. Maybe he's telling the truth. And When I watched it the second time, I okay, they said it later on. I missed it. But was it that obvious? I don't know. I mean, it was set up in, I think, episode four, where Mon mentions that her driver is listening, mm -hmm. is always listening, so she can't really have conversations in her car. So I feel like they they dropped that in like such a minor way mm -hmm. early on, and she obviously needs a cover story. This is why I was like, parents not all bad, because mm -hmm. I knew this poor man is getting ready to get framed. <laughs> yeah, so... Again, you just say I don't do slow burn, so that's why I didn't pick from four episodes ago. I mean, six episodes ago. <laughs> uh, but also, then, are you surprised that Perrin is in on this helping Mon Mothma cover where all their 400,000 credits went? Because leading up to this, at least myself and a lot of people are like, Perrin's the worst. He doesn't care about anything. He's going to be the reason Mon Mothma leaves the family. Well, actually, he might be helping out a little bit, covering where all this money is. Then when they go meet with freaking Davos Caldon's family, he doesn't want to be there. His eyes is like, his face is like, this sucks. I don't want to bring my daughter into this. We heard that in the previous episode. Are we turning a corner on pairing? Was he not as bad as we thought? Don't get my canceled. My reading <laughs> on Perrin until this very second was that I didn't even clock that he might be in on this. I thought she just threw him completely <laughs> under the bus. Okay. Starts so, these I'm gambling so accusations uncertain. at him, and he's like, "I literally don't know what you're talking about." I was hearing so something. Just as a way to like get, she's thinking that the driver's going to tell the empire, and then that will account for her money thing. Okay. And Perrin is just the fall guy. <laughs> he just happens to be in her way. It didn't even occur to me that he might be in on it until this second. 
because the way that he it's it's i think it's again one of those things where it's left up to interpretation mm -hmm. because i see the, I, like my initial watch i was like oh my god i can't believe she's making him be the fall guy for this and he's like taken aback because she's been like sulking in the car like she does everything about <laughs> Uh, and then rewatching it, I was like, his, it was so scripted, but it, you know, it is a mm -hmm. scripted TV show. So it's like, it's hard to tell like how much of it is like actual surprise. And so much of it is, yeah. could be this ruse. Yeah. Cause I mean, he I... has to know that his kid's getting ready to get married off. I mean, she would have had to have that conversation mm -hmm. at some point. So I, don't know. I wanna I wanna say that she's not throwing him under the bus. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why I'm turning that corner on pairing. I, I don't know. I mean, he's not the best husband. We'll give him that. I know Maggie had your on your shows talking about I had, I being a good words. father. He doesn't want his daughter to be in the same situation that you he know. has been in. Mm -hmm. Mon. So I mean, you have to give him like a like good dad, a small a good husband. Yes, yeah. good and dad, I think husband. that's it. Yes, that's I think that's it. But Again, when I watched it the second time, and it again, it didn't occur to me when I watched it the first time. I read some articles saying that, oh, this is the way that the Mon, Mon Mothma can hide all her money issues. I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense. And then I started to think, was Perrin in on this? And I want to I wanna give him the benefit of the doubt. What if he's still out there? I think we talked at some point, can there be a redemp redemption arc for Perrin? I said, no way. Maybe, maybe. All right, so as we get redeemed and then die, <laughs> we'll get a kiss of gratitude before the no! end. No, <laughs> we had to. You guys mentioned Ben Solo earlier. We had to come full circle as we finish up. Um, so again, we're finishing up, Maggie. Last kind of thoughts, season one, and then I don't want to go too much into what you hope to see in season two, or at least one thing that you hope to see next in two years from now. Oh gosh, two years from now, um, I'm really excited about whatever they're going to do on Yavin. Um, I secretly hope that we're going to get some like connections to the Damrens. That's like my one wish, mm -hmm. um, and I think there's there's potential for that to be a cameo that's cameo that's not aggressively annoying, yeah. uh, because those are characters we've only ever really seen in books and have heard about. We've never actually seen. I, I could see those two being introduced in a fun way on Yavin, and that's like yeah. my one pipe dream. I'm sure it won't happen, but it's <laughs> it's what I would like to see happen. But yeah, yeah, this season has just been unreal on so many levels. Yeah, and th that would be a good one. It, like you say, it won't be something that a lot of people will be kind of waiting for. And for some casual fans that don't read the, the novels or the books, they might not even know who they are till the last name is kind of spoken and then they can go and follow those stories arsu for you just final thoughts in this whole first season if there's something that you're hoping to see next next time i thought first season was really good uh what i hope to see next season is Baylor organa yes i know we're talking about like it's great there's no big cameos i'm like but also jimmy smith but so, they were uh, <laughs> they were because it they makes were. sense because he's friends with mon mothma and like all of that mm -hmm. so even just a one-off even just him like like in Rogue One, he's just kind of mm -hmm. in the room and then he leaves the room. Like, I don't know. It'd be nice to see Bale again. Yeah. I mean, for myself, this whole season worked perfectly. It, it was everything that I hoped the series will be in terms of showing us both sides of the Empire and the Rebellion. Um, and now the Rebellion, we didn't get to see it actually full on. I think season two, with all these tangents, we'll get more into it. I was one that was saying, we're going to get Mon Bale Organa. We're getting Krennic. Of course, we're getting the Emperor. It makes sense for him to be in the Senate. Uh, we might get it, so everyone else. Uh, but I'm glad that we didn't. 
but I, I'm hoping that we get at least Krennic. Kind of makes sense now that we had that post credit scene. We yeah. didn't get to talk about it. They were building parts of the Death Star, which is what a lot of people kind of thought was gonna was gonna happen. But I love that they waited till the end. It's just this minimal part that goes into the big radar dish is inconsequential, but they need so many. And of course, that's why they had them working basically 24 hours, everyone over there. But I think it makes sense to bring Krennic at least for one scene. Um, but yeah, Bell Organa has to be there. Has to, hopefully. <sighs> All right. So for everyone in the chat, Andres, Nick, Mo, uh, Observer, dude, that just got here. Thanks for joining. I know you're talking about the prequels. We all love the prequels. Oh, sorry. I took that out. And sorry if I missed someone else that was Andres. I think I mentioned it. Anyway, everyone that's on the chat, thanks for being here. Oti, of course, Oti was there. And Maggie, Arsu, you know I love when you guys come on here. We'll have you again next year when we come back. Uh, where can people find you, Maggie? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town for the time being. Uh, <laughs> and you can find a link tree in my bio to all of my other various things. If you want to find me on Hive, I'm also at Maggie of the Town there. I'm also Maggie of the Town on Tumblr. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me out there writing. <laughs> and go read all her great Collider articles yes. about Andor and everything else. Arzu, same. Where can people find you? What are you working on? So I'm on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at Arzu D2 everywhere else. So Tumblr, Hive, Instagram, if that's your thing. Uh, you can also find me at Collider. You can find me at ArzuD2.com. I finished the Kenobi Jedi Apprentice series. So Ooh. I'm very slowly but surely posting those. So <laughs> that's my accomplishment. For me. <laughs> All right. So everyone go check those out. Those links, at least our Twitter link is on the description down below. You can follow us at Radio Rebel Pod on Twitter, Instagram, also on Hive. I'll say my honeymoon period on Hive is kind of coming down. I'm like, okay, it's a good Twitter substitute if it ever goes down, but I'm kind of like over it a little bit right now. But anyway, we're not here to talk about it. Um, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Season five was great. All our guests for Andor and for the 27 episodes we had, make sure to be here in two weeks for our trivia finale. That's going to be great. A lot of great contestants. Have a, have, have a happy holidays, Christmas, and all everything else that you might celebrate. Thanks for being here. Stay safe. Be safe. I may the force be with you.